Hi, everybody. Uh, Skip again. Time for another episode, excuse me, of Finding Meaning, uh, the podcast where we seek together to find some deeper understanding and purpose in our life. Uh, I want to talk for a little bit about accepting life on life's terms. Or another way to put that is uh, surrender. What does it mean to be surrendered? What does it mean to just accept the way things are? One of my favorite prayers, if you will, is the serenity prayer. And I don't know if you remember it or or know it by heart, but it's uh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So what things can we change, what things can't we change, is an ongoing question and quest in our life. What are we uh, responsible for? What are we not responsible for? Uh, What can I do to make my life better? Uh, In what ways might I interfere with making my life better? It's an ongoing quest and question and I think in my life, I think everyone should be asking that question all the time. And here's why. Because one of the ways in which we make our life an absolute train wreck, one of the ways in which we make ourselves physically sick, give ourselves an ulcer, one of the ways in which we wreck relationships in our life is we try to control We try to exert control over every aspect of our life. Now, on some level, you can have control over your life. I have seen people arrange their life in such a way where they have exactly everything uh, set up the way they want, and they are absolutely miserable, absolutely lonely. Fact of the matter is, whatever this life is, and, and I tend to believe that life is, is the experience of the soul learning how to love, but however you view what life is, we only have so many choices and so much control over, over what happens. The harsh truth of life is that at any moment, At any time, anything can happen. You can lose a job. You can lose your spouse, your significant other. Uh, You can lose your uh, nest egg. You can uh, become ill. You name it, it can happen. And chances are, to one degree or another, it will indeed happen to us all. Someday... Uh, We will all get the news that we're ill or that someone we love is ill. Someday, all the security we have built up will not seem so secure. It is just life's great equalizer, that uncertainty. And so we don't have complete control. Now, we can make choices in the midst of life. Uh, We can choose to look for a different job, we can choose to get out of unhealthy relationships, we can choose to fight the injustice in the world, all of this is, is 
within our ability and in our power and, and decisions we should make. So when I talk about surrendering control, I'm not talking about uh, just letting life run us over. What I am talking about, though, is understanding that in life, we just don't have as much control as we think. And we have to learn to live in that. Have you ever wondered, and and maybe you have it, maybe you don't, I, I think most people to some degree have this, that sort of gnawing discomfort that often comes with life. A a frustration, if you will, that life just isn't quite the way you want it to be. Well, I think that that is very much part of what life is. Life cannot and should not be exactly what we want it to be. Or we stop moving forward spiritually. We stop moving forward uh, emotionally. We stop in our tracks. Life is going to happen and it's going to happen in abundance. And so we are asked, I think, by the universe to practice that surrender. Surrender to whatever comes our way. Surrender to the fact that life is often a a mishmash of Uh, random, seemingly random things that happen to us. There was a philosopher once, and I don't know the person. I wish I did. I've actually heard the quote secondhand. Uh, So if you know this person, whoever said this, let me know. But the philosopher said that uh, even though in the midst of life it seems random and hectic, even though it seems often to be a disaster, At the end of life, at the end of your trial, at the end of whatever it is, you look back and it looks like a finely crafted novel. That the randomness in life has some mysterious way, if we surrender to it, if we make the choices we can within it, we look back and we can see, ah, yes, This seems to have a greater purpose that I didn't understand. But we can't force that. We can't write our own novel completely. We have to let life happen on its terms. We have to accept it on its terms. Within that framework, we have to make decisions, yes. But I will tell you folks, life will strip you of any sense of control you might think you have. I have seen it dozens upon dozens of times when people get devastating news, when they are faced with things that seem overwhelming. Ultimately, at least the way I view it, life is geared to strip us of our ego. Life is geared, life is made to help us get rid of this sense of hyper-control that we think we can exert. Ultimately, if we want to find meaning and have a fulfilling life, we have to live life on its terms, take it as it comes, make the decisions we can in the midst of what is happening to us 
and practice some some form of surrender, some level of surrender. The times when I find the most peace in my life is when I say, okay, I'm done. I quit. I give up. And I just let it go. It is in those times that I begin to see life open up in new ways. May not be easy ways. They may not be comfortable ways. But life then opens up in new ways. Now, I'm not a big believer in predestination. I, I don't know how it works. Uh, but I believe that at the same time, <clears throat> simultaneously... There are things that are meant to be and things that aren't. And when I look back over the last couple years of my life, the last 53 years of my life, I can see that although I made wrong choices and right choices, there seems to be a greater power, a, a greater understanding, a higher power, if you will, a greater intelligence at work that can really only be accessed when I'm surrendered. Now here's the key. When I'm really surrendered, that's when I find serenity. That's when I find peace. It takes me a while to get there. I don't know about you, but I have to fight and struggle and then finally let go. And when I let go, I find some serenity because I I know just enough through the experience of my life to know that there is a greater power at work in my life. One of the movies I love the most in this world is Forrest Gump. Uh, I hope that you have seen it. I ran into a person not long ago who had never seen Forrest Gump. Uh, I hope that you have. There are several reasons that movie is important to me. Uh, One of which is that uh, it was my wife and I's uh, second date. The first date I took her to was Chuck E. Cheese because I had a daughter. The second date was Forrest Gump. At the end of the movie, and, and if you recall the movie, the movie is about a, a man who's not particularly bright, who seems to run into different circumstances, historical circumstances in life um, by happenstance. Uh, The metaphor of the movie, the meaning of the movie, ultimately is that uh, love is what is important. And there is a scene at the end of that movie when Forrest is at the grave of the love of his life, Jenny. And he gives this speech that was so powerful to me and still is that, that it has affected my life in positive ways. And I want to paraphrase that speech for you. He says... As he's talking to Jenny, as he's at her grave, he says, you know, I I don't know if things are meant to be or if things are random, floating around like a a feather. I, I don't know, he says, but I think it's both. I think there is a randomness and a purpose at the same time. That that notion, that idea has stuck with me. I I truly believe that's how reality works, that simultaneously we are making choices in our free will, and yet there is this higher power at work at the same time, and somehow those things come together and create a life. 
And the more we see that, the more we view life through that lens, the better it is. I don't know if things are predestined and I don't know if things are completely random, but it seems to me, like Forrest discovered, that it seems to be both. That things are at the same time completely random and completely purposeful. And if we can surrender to that notion, if we can get our mind around that notion, then somehow life, at least for me, begins to make sense. So we have to practice a surrender to that. We don't have control over most of life. We can make decisions. We can take uh, better care of our health. uh, We can care for ourselves financially. uh, We can care and love our families. But ultimately, we are exposed to the very worst of what life has to hand us. We cannot escape it, and we have to accept that. And that's a terrifying thing to accept. Because we're taught, brothers and sisters, we're taught from the minute we take our first breath that we have to exert our control and have our way. Ultimately, uh, we don't. Someone once said that death itself is the debt that all men owe, the debt that all people owe, that death is the great equalizer. And what really matters is what we do in the middle, between our first breath and our last. And a lot of people spend that time trying to exert control and power, trying to convince themselves and others that they know the exact way it should be because they are them. It's a very shallow and egotistical false self way of being. So I encourage you to surrender. Make the choices you can to the best of your ability. Some will be right, some will be wrong. You will make mistakes. There is grace. You will have successes. They are not everything. Ultimately, life is what life is. And the sooner we understand that and live into that, the more serenity and peace we will feel. So I hope for you this day, surrender, serenity, and peace. And I thank you for listening once again. Uh, Apparently now these are on many platforms, so I encourage you to share on Facebook, Twitter, on Spotify, uh, and apparently now where most podcasts are at. So uh, take a listen and share. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Hi again, everybody. Skip here for another podcast on finding some meaning in our life. I'm going to try to crank some of these out uh, as I am feeling inspired. So I I hope that you're listening and you enjoy. Uh, I do appreciate any feedback, uh, any suggestions that you may have. I want us to go a little deeper spiritually in this podcast, just a, a little bit. Uh, And these are not new notions I'm going to share with you. Uh, These spiritual ideas that I'm about to share are as old as humanity. Uh, 
they have been a common theme in my life, and, and I think they're worth sharing, this particular idea I want to share today. Uh, I would recommend a few books uh, about uh, this topic, one of which being Falling Upward by Richard Rohr, which really, when I read that, it really seemed as though if I could write, I would have written that book. Because that book is about the false self and the true self. And I'll be honest with you, uh, if, if you understand what I'm going to talk about, um, then, then you're doing okay. Uh, for many of us, it's difficult to talk about our false self and our true self because we don't always see uh, that our false self is who we are. Matter of fact, it's an ongoing struggle for every human being every day. So let me define those two things. Uh, and again, uh, how I define this, you'll find very much a part of Richard Rohr's writing. The false self is the self that the world creates us to be. We are born into this world. We are taught to develop an ego, a way of seeing the world, a way of being in the world. And that ego is often a mechanism for protection. The world is a harsh place. I don't need to tell you all that. But we develop an egotistical, self-centered way of being to protect us. A a view of life where we are more or less the center of our life, that we are uh, the most important thing, or at least one of the most important things, and we build habits, we build relationships, we build careers all based on that sense of ego, that ego that is taught to us by the world. Our parents tell us uh, that we're wonderful and great, uh, that some of the things we do are wrong, some are right. Uh, The world tells us that we need to achieve, 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 Uh, Our friends tell us we're a certain way. Our hearts are broken. Uh, We find joy. All of this builds within us a self that the world chooses for us to have and that we choose to accept from the world, from our external experiences. And usually uh, this ego if it's not too far out of control, serves us fairly well, gets us to a career, gets us to maybe a spouse, gets us to a way of life or a place in life that is relatively okay and good. However, as I have mentioned in prior podcasts, there's still that nagging feeling. And here's what happens. And I have found it to be true And I have found it to be true in in reading uh, the Gospels and Eastern uh, theology and uh, Eastern thought. I have found it to be true in reading Richard Rohr and Carl Jung. Um, There seems to be a theme here. At some point in that journey, we come up against a crisis. Uh, It can come in any form, maybe personal, maybe Uh, familial, maybe economic, we come up against some crisis when we find out that that ego 
or that false self that the world has constructed crumbles. And we are called into a different place of perception, a different place of viewing the world in a different way, a more mature way of viewing the world. Richard Rohr says the first half of life is about building ego. The second half of life, usually beginning in middle age, is about getting rid of ego. The first half of life is the false self, and that doesn't mean it's bad. It means it's created outside of our core self. The second half of life is about discovering that core, that true self. I'm of the belief that that's what life itself is, is the process by which we discover our true self, the process by which we discover the authenticity that we, we really are, that we really have. And it isn't that the first half of life is meaningless. As a matter of fact, it's, it's got all the meaning. It's, it's, there's a purpose to it. We have to go through this process. Just like a child has to fall on their bicycle a few times before they learn to ride it, we have to develop a false self in order to get rid of it. It is the life school, if you will, to use Gary Zukoff's metaphor that we are here to learn how to be authentic, grown-up, spiritual people. The curriculum for that is first the development of the false self, the egotistical self, and then the, the test, the real learning comes as we begin in our middle age, I'd say from probably 35 to 65, to shed that false self away. Now, the difficulty is to understand that much of who we are is that false self. Let me give you an example. I woke up uh, about two hours ago uh, in just a funk. Uh, my youngest child did not feel that well. I got a teenager who doesn't want to get up and do things. Uh, I've got another teenager who is having some struggles. Uh, and you just wake up and you go, oh, why? Well, that notion is really a notion from the false self. I woke up in a funk because I was feeling sorry for myself. I was feeling as though I was being put upon by life. It's a very immature notion of life. And so you see, we all, all of us, are always vacillating, struggling, moving in and out of the self that the world has created us, our family has created us to be, and the truest self that, that the universe, that God, that love is calling us to be. And that transition is very difficult. I have seen people never make it, have no notion, no clue, of the fact that they are being called to be transformed into something more authentic. Now here is the crisis with that. I have seen 
because people refuse to make that transformation, I have seen those people do really bad things. And I just don't mean criminal things, but I mean things like start rumors or actively hurt other people. Because they're struggling to maintain control. They're struggling uh, like a flailing person drowning to death. They're struggling to not be transformed. They are in that spiritual straitjacket and they are tightening themselves into it. And they are beginning to panic. And, and when people panic because they've stopped growth, then they are the ones who participate in gossip, participate in wounding other people and actively hurting the world and, and people in it. Sometimes even the people they love the most. We have to transform. We have to move from that egotistical, self-centered place that we are all taught into a place of surrender, openness, and transformation. If we don't move from that place of, of false self into a place of true self, authentic self, then we get stuck. And there is nothing more detrimental to our life than getting stuck. And so I encourage you to read Richard Rohr. I encourage you to read Carl Jung. I encourage you to read uh, science and psychology and theology. And, and at the core of these things, if they are good and healthy, you will find that life is about that very transformation. As Jung said, we are going on a journey through our false self. We are going through our shadow self to find our original self. We are on a journey, folks. It's a spiritual journey, whether we like it or not. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, not human beings having a spiritual experience. Let me say that again. You are a spiritual being having a human experience, and that experience is the quest for authenticity, for love, for wholeness, And we cannot get there by holding on to the old. We cannot get there by holding on to what is already past. The world is full of people who hold on to things that are already dead. So, I pray for you today that you just simply look for those moments of learning. Those moments of... of Surrender when you can say, okay, I don't know it all, but I'm learning. Those moments when you are wrapped up in yourself, in your own angst and anxiety, and then you have the ability to say, okay, this is what I've learned. It's not helpful. The shame, the guilt, the fear, none of it's helpful. I'm ready to move into a new place. So may it be that you shed yourself of the false self. Again, not bad, but not real. And you move into the authentic self. Again, not perfect, but authentic. Thanks, guys. We'll talk soon.